Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be previewing the 2022 fall conference season. And today's episode is brought to you by HitMic. Check out healthitmarketingconference.com for details on HitMic's next healthcare marketing conference. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. You ready to get on the road again, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> ready, ready and willing. Uh, although, you know, I wish I wish this preview was going to be as exciting as, you know, when the new cars come out or, you know, like the when fall the new, when, football yeah. preview. <laughs> exactly. That would be a much more fun episode. But but hey, the fall conference season is uh, turning out to be a pretty busy one for uh, 2022, I think. I feel like we maybe should do like a fall hockey, basketball, football preview, like off topic. It would probably be our most popular episode, you know, talking. <laughs> probably, probably. Although it'd be really hard to kind of figure out a health IT lens to uh, whether or not the Golden Knights are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, well, it would be, uh, you know, Intermountain uh, sponsoring the Golden Knights or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, so John, what are what are some of the conferences that you're excited about, or that what you are planning to attend uh, this fall? Yeah, luckily a lot of them are coming to Vegas. So, thank you all those conference organizers who bring them here to my home. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, so, I am a little biased that way, especially with my kids and everything. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, one that's going to be happening right as this uh, gets published, or maybe even after, is this Civitas Direct Trust combined effort, which I, you know, kind of affectionately am looking forward to. Like the, you know, it, it's it's almost like the Burning Man of interoperability experts, <laughs> if you will, right? Like, okay. it, it's that place where all the interop nerds are going to be, and so I, I'm really interested to see how it goes because those two organizations have such deep interest in interoperability and they're doing a lot of work around health equity and those topics. So I think it's going to be a great event and we're going to really see the rubber hitting the road as far as interop, what's real, what's Memorex, right? So I'm excited for that one. Uh, I think there's a, a number of others. I mean, obviously I love going to Chime. That's the biggest gathering of CIOs that, that exists. I am interested to see how health evolves HLTH um, because, you know, now with Vive, I'm interested to know who's going to show up to health and what's it going to look like. Is it going to just be the venture capitalists and the startup companies or are provider organizations going to go? So I'm interested to see that one. So those are maybe a few of my top ones. Yeah, for me, there are two that sort of stand out in the fall for me. I'm looking forward to MGMA, of course. I love going to that conference. I've gone yeah. for the last, uh, probably about the last uh, seven years. Wow. Uh, so interested to see how that one evolves and how that's changing. And, you know, they're doing a lot of work. The organizers are doing a lot of work to really make it more valuable and attract back the attendees, you know, uh, post-COVID. Well, and their data will be fascinating with COVID, with workforce, with all that. They, they're they're going to have some good data. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And the other one uh, is the Shushmed Connections uh, Conference, which is happening in Washington, D.C. in September. Looking forward to that. I haven't been there for, I haven't attended for the last uh, three years, I think, just 
prior to COVID and then with COVID. Um, but looking forward to kind of getting back and seeing all the different changes with regards to marketing and strategy and that whole world. Um, the last time I was there, there was a lot of push towards more automation and more technology. So we'll see if that trend continues. But looking forward to those two. And of course, yeah, HLTH uh, in, in Vegas uh, this year. Looking forward to that. And uh, for the first time, I'm um, going to spend a few days, uh, hopefully, at RSNA. Mm. Uh, haven't, haven't been back to that conference in probably five, five seven years. So looking forward to that one uh, and seeing uh, if it's as big and as well attended as it has been in my memory. Yeah. Well, interesting. Uh, HLTH has officially said it's pronounced health, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, style guide or whatever, but you know, I, mean, I think we call it whatever we want. Right. But uh, anyway, uh, the interesting one I'm also looking forward to is HCP, the Health Connect Partners uh, one, which has a reverse expo, which will be my first time kind of experiencing the reverse expo. So I'm excited to see how that plays out and what their style and format is. I think that's a really interesting conference. Um, there's a couple of user conferences too that are on my radar. Thankfully, a number are coming to Vegas. So I'll be interested to point click care summit to see what's happening with long-term post-acute care. And you know, that, that's a growing area for a lot of organizations. So I, I'll be fascinated to see what they have available. Uh, the other one that I'm, I'm interested in, and I'm not sure I, even if I'm going to go or not, I'm still on the fence a little bit, but that's Oracle World. Mm. which is going to be in Vegas as well. I, well so when I'm, the reason I'm on the fence is I'm not sure, will Cerner show up in droves? <laughs> will they have a good presence? Or is it all the Cerner user conference, right, that everyone's going to go to? Uh, so, you know, that one, I'm like, eh, maybe this year is a year to go and check out what they're doing with the acquisition of Cerner. So that's another one that, you know, it's on the fence, but uh, I, I may have to go check out and see, are they talking about Cerner? Or is it kind of a non-event? <laughs> Yeah, the HCP conference with the Reverse Expo, I went to the one early in the spring, and it was wonderful. It was actually very interesting to see the dynamic of that Reverse Expo work <laughs> and, and the meaningful conversations that people seem to be having there. So I, I hope you enjoy that one when it comes to Vegas later on in the fall. Uh, and yeah, you you hit on my favorite type of conference, right? Like the user conferences. I think those ones are some of the best conferences to go to. You know, first of all, they're 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 uh, they pull out all the stops <laughs> in terms of in terms of marketing, but but also just in terms of the interaction that happens at those conferences is mm -hmm. is totally unique and I love it and so. Uh, you know, this is a plug for, you know, if anyone out there has got a Kapal conference uh, happening in the Northeast <laughs> a user conference, um, you know, keep, uh, keep me in mind. <laughs> Colin's ready to travel more. Uh. <laughs> right, I'm gonna hook up the uh, little. I'm gonna hook up the uh, Winnebago or the, the trailer and and you know spend a few days down in the. US. I think you're just tired of being responsible for cooking dinner and you're ready for a little break. Is that? <laughs> it's a little I COVID fatality. <laughs> but I gotta say, John, I th I think we're gonna be the exception. Like I I'm not sure what attendance is gonna be like in the fall. You know, and I don't think this is COVID related. I, I think really predominantly it's it's just the pressures on healthcare and and budgets. I, I just I'm unclear how many provider organizations and how many health IT companies who aren't exhibiting uh, are going to plunk down a lot of money going to a lot of conferences this fall. It's unclear. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I would have thought you would have taken the COVID angle since it does feel like there's some sort of spikage happening of some sort. Uh, you know, obviously we record this early, so who knows what's going to happen by the time this goes live. Uh, no one can predict COVID, but I, I think it's not a, an issue, right? People have decided they're either going to go or they're not because, you right. know, with COVID or not, the travel policies have changed. So I think you're right that the COVID is less of an issue now. You know, you, you're going to either go or you're not. And, you know, you're, you've decided what camp you're in. What's interesting, though, is I don't agree with you on that. I actually think people are ready to be back together. So I, I think we may actually see, you know, the biggest numbers we've seen for a lot of these events as far as uh, people coming together. The one thing that may support your uh, your approach or your suggestion is that the uh, potential recession that's happening and will some people close up because of that. But I think enough have already you know, bought into it. They've already bought their tickets. You know, they've already signed up, they've registered, they're speaking, et cetera, that, you know, I don't think it's going to quite have the impact this year that it could maybe in future years, if, if it continues the path that it's on. And I don't think it's been bad enough in healthcare to stop people from coming because of the value that can be created from coming to these events, talking to the vendors that they need to, you know, maybe they even have some user issues that they need to talk about. I think we forget about that sometimes as vendors that go to the event and people who cover the event is how many CIOs or other provider organization IT professionals go to these conferences to talk to the vendors that they've already purchased and how important that is to the relationship and to resolving maybe some issue that they're having is they're like, oh, I know I'm going to see them in two weeks so I can go there and really, you know, hammer them and tell them about the problem and get it fixed. So I think, you know, I think we're going to see a growth in the conferences this fall with people just ready to one, get back and see their friends and two, to, you know, get back to the work of what's done at the conferences. No, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that pans out. I, I just, I, you know, just looking at the tea leaves I'm seeing, I, I think people are just not going to be able to send multiple uh, attendees like they used to, like, you know, instead of two or three people, I think it'll be one representative from a company or one representative for, from an organization going and then kind of bringing everything back to the team at home. So, but, you know, I definitely, don't doubt that there's a desire to get together, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if the economics and the logistics are going to uh, going to prove that out. Yeah, well, maybe in, your tea leaves are frozen because you're in Canada. It's winter. There, there you go. It could be. <laughs> Although we're kind of going through a heat wave right now. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyways, uh, John, what kind of topics do you are you seeing uh, being covered by these conferences? Is there anything sort of emerging as a trend? Yeah, well, I suggested maybe we should call this uh, what topics are we going to be sick of after fall conferences? That's and in true. some ways, I'm kind of already sick of this topic, which is workforce. But I'm 100% sure there's going to be all sorts of discussion around workforce, burnout, retention, automation, everything going into that whole area of, you know, how are we going to deal with fewer staff, whether it's IT staff, which is going to be fewer, or whether it's clinical staff, which are fewer, or whether it's your front desk staff that now you have fewer, right? And how are you going to deal with all this? I, you know, that's going to be the hottest topic of conversation for sure. But I think on the edges, there's a bunch of other things that are, are really interesting that are happening. And, and to me, they all revolve around data. 
and mm. access to data. So whether it's the interoperability discussions and, oh, we're actually sharing data in ways that we weren't before. I think that's going to be exciting and be like, wow, okay, yeah, that's great. Or how am I leveraging data to improve my revenue cycle management, right? You know, if, if we, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of that discussion or how do I personalize this to the patient and the communication that I'm doing? And is it okay if I just do these blast emails? And of course the answer is no, right? We have the technology to personalize all of this. So I think that, you know, that personalization, using data to, you know, do provide better care. I think that's going to be a hot topic as well. Yeah, I, hard to argue with you. I think number one is going to be workforce, right? And if it's not about workforce, it'll be about workforce. Um, you know, I think <laughs> that's going to be... They'll tie the, it to workforce one way or another. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, the top topic, uh, you know, no matter what area, even in health IT, you know, we're seeing a, a lot of people having difficulty attracting talent and keeping them. So I definitely think that's going to be one of the hottest topics. And how crazy is that against all these companies firing a bunch of people yeah. because they're afraid of the recession, right? So that that one's going to be hard to reconcile in our minds a little bit, right? You know, we've seen large organizations firing hundreds of people, but yet others are having trouble retaining them. But well, I think the, 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 unfortunately, the counterbalance to that is I think the other topic that we're going to be hearing more about is revenue uh, challenges, right? It, you know, the volumes at, at some organizations are still not back, partially due to COVID and restrictions, mm -hmm. and also partially due to the fact that patients are kind of just making do with without seeing uh, their specialists and without coming back into the health system or not being able to afford it, right? Like, so, you know, revenues are down across the board. We just, you know, we've seen some stories recently about the losses being posted by some of the larger uh, health systems, you know, in the last few quarters. So that's going to be a big challenge when you're, you know, yes, there is a need to, to hire these people, but also we don't have the means to do it. So I think revenue is going to be and, and anything related to revenue. So whether that's revenue cycle management, HIM, uh, you know, patient, uh, you know, attracting patients. I think all of those things are going to be um, important. And I think, unfortunately, cybersecurity is continuing to rear its head mm -hmm. and, you know, ransomware and, and hardening of the uh, of your systems is going to be a topic that's going to be covered as well in the fall. Yeah, it only takes one ransomware incident right before an event for it to become the topic du jour. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to think about also what else, right? I, I wonder how many times we're going to hear big techs coming for us. or And I think there's two camps that you find at conferences. You're on... Uh, Amazon's not going to touch us. I'm not worried. Right. And then the other one's like, this is going to transform everything. Healthcare is going to become so consumer centric. Right. And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting. Those topics, like how many times are we going to hear this big tech is coming or retail is coming for us? You know, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think, I think there's no doubt that that's going to be a topic of hallway conversation. I'm not sure there's going to be uh, a lot of like sessions on this, <laughs> you know, uh, at the, at the various conferences, but I definitely think it'll be on the minds and, and uh, parts of the, you know, standing in the booth, standing in the hallways kind of discussion to say, Hey, what, what do you think CVS is up to? What do you think Walmart's going to be doing next? And, you know, who's Amazon going to buy uh, down the road and, <laughs> you know, where is Oracle and all of this, right? Like I, I think, I think those definitely are going to be uh, talked about, maybe not on the agenda, though. Well, and it probably is interesting because at the HLTH, Health Conference, that there's going to be tons of that talk, 
back, right? right? And they're going to be there right, at the event, which probably says something about the culture of that conference versus maybe at MGMA, is that going to be talked about as much? Maybe not, right? Because they already have a practice, they have their patients, they have relationships. So I think it's going to be a different conversation depending on the event you go to. The other one we haven't highlighted, of course, is regulations. Right. Uh, surprise billing is going to be a topic. Tefka is going to be a topic. Uh, you know, the interoperability, you know, things around, uh, you know, data blocking. Of course, those are all going to be uh, topics. I think the surprise billing and even, uh, you know, tr price transparency, I think those are going to be two that we haven't heard as much about. Now it's like kind of hitting us in the face. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about the fall conference season that's coming up in 2022. Today's episode is brought to you by HITMIC. We're excited to announce that the 2023 HITMIC conference will be held in Las Vegas, January 31st to February 3rd. We're holding it a little bit earlier than usual because of the spring 2023 healthcare conference schedule. It's already so packed and we didn't want to interfere with that. For more details about the HITMIC conference, head on over to healthcare marketing, healthcare, sorry, healthitmarketingconference.com. That's a mouthful to get through sometimes. <laughs> they all redirect. It's all <laughs> so, uh, John, what about the, it's kind of a HITMIC question. It's kind of a nice segue. Um, what can health IT companies and providers do to get more value from in person conferences in general? Yeah, I mean, I think the, everyone always just says the first thing is have a plan, <laughs> which I think is, is key to any conference. Uh, you know, I would add another, though, beyond that, which is focus on relationships. And so, you know, if, if you focus on how can I maximize the greatest number of relationships at this event? And that's not necessarily volume, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be how many people can I meet, but it's what's the quality of the relationships that I'm building at these events. So I think that's what matters. So whether it's your own clients, whether it's prospects, whether it's people you meet, how can you take your relationship to that next level beyond just, can I scan your badge, right? <laughs> like, I think that that's fine, right? And that's probably a good thing. You can hit, hit that top of funnel from a HITMIC perspective, but at the end of the day, it's the people business. It's about relationships and knowing. And I think people also underestimate the network effect of relationships, especially at a conference. Like you see someone and, and you know, this is a real sales mentality, I think. <laughs> or, you know, CIOs can do this as well, right? Where they're like, oh, you can't help me specifically. So I don't care about this relationship. And they, you know, and, and some are nice, some are, you know, not so nice and whatnot. But, you know, when you think about it uh, and you have the experiences that I've had at these events, it's surprising how that relationship, even if it's someone who can give you nothing, right? <laughs> they have nothing to provide you. They can't help you in your organization. They can't help you with your sales goals, whatever it is that you're there for, right? Uh, it's amazing how that person could connect you to someone who could help you. So I would always say, you know, figure out what the return on relationship is at a conference and you'll be surprised that investing in those relationships and the kindness that you offer and the way you help those people can have a network effect in, in how you experience the conference and the value you get from a conference. Yeah, definitely agree with you. You got to have a plan going into the conference, especially if you're an attendee, right? 
got to maximize the time you're there. So whether that's making sure you know who you want to meet or want to go and visit in the exhibit hall, making sure you know, you know, which sessions you really want to attend ahead of time and plan for that and so forth. Um, you know, on the attendee side, I think that's, that's, you know, key. On the vendor side, I, I would extend what you're saying and say, you know, to me, it's actually not about the conference anymore. You've got to look at ways of how to extend being at the conference beyond the conference itself. One of the biggest things to do is, is obviously the relationships that you're able to forge and, and continue uh, at a conference. And you take those beyond and follow up and do those things. That's certainly very valuable. But I think you have to look beyond, you know, just being there and limiting yourself to thinking about the people you're going to meet at the conference, you know, could you take some of the information that you've learned at the conference and turn that into content that you can use to market? Uh, can you take some of the the Can you take some of the uh, the influencers you meet and leverage that into stories uh, down the road? Like again, back to your relationship, it's all about that, but it's about extending that value beyond the three days of the conference. I think what we've what's happened in the past is that we judge a conference based solely on the number of people we've met during those three days. But we don't look at the impact of, well, six months from now, you know, what, what happened to those discussions that I had, or it's because of this that I was able to do that or get introduced over here. So I think you definitely have to plan for that now is to say, okay, well, what can I, by being at this event, how can I make sure that I'm still getting value from this event come January? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think another one that's interesting is to think about the evolution of social media at conferences. There was a time that there was this almost too, too much noise on social media because there was so much volume. But I think now it's kind of ratcheted down in some ways where, you know, there's not quite as much noise. So you can stand out in a different way at a conference, whereas before maybe there was too much noise, they weren't seeing it as much. So I think that's interesting too, to think about is uh, who's on social media, what are they sharing? How can you connect with them before the event, during the event and after, you know, to your point, going beyond the three days of the conference or whatever it might be. And so I think that's an interesting one too. Now, I think there's a lot of ways you can screw it up. I think social media is always a, a double-edged sword, right? Like it can, it can provide a lot of value, but it can also be a, a big distraction. It actually can hurt you, your organization, your brand, if you don't do it the right way. And so, you know, to me, it's like, how can you be authentic? How can you provide value to those around you? And if you, then you find the people that are doing the same, it's amazing. You know, I love being in a session that I'm like casually interested in and following your live tweets from another session. It's almost like I'm there, right? Enjoying two sessions at once, which, you know, for, for my ADD brain is, is especially intriguing, right? <laughs> like to, to be able to partake in two sessions that are interesting and get the high level insights from those is really powerful. Yeah, no, agreed. You're right. I mean, social media has declined in its usage since, you know, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. And so you're able to stand out now a little bit more than before where there was so much noise. I think the same could be said for doing things like summaries and, mm. and you know, taking photos and posting that on your own blog site or to your own social feeds. Big difference. Uh, you can stand out a little bit more for sure. Yep. I would also say, you know, don't ignore um, some of the classic sales tactics that maybe haven't been employed as much be as before. Like whatever city the event is happening in, like look through your list to see who else is in that city. And, and even if they're not going to be at the conference, make sure you arrange meetings with them and so forth. So I think, and I would say that goes for attendees as well. I think you have to kind of do those kinds of things in order to get more value from these in-person conferences to take full advantage of you being in those cities. 
yeah. it's actually interesting though. Like, you know, John, I'm starting to see uh, some conference organizers do some interesting things to try and improve engagement and, and improve the overall conference experience. I think they're recognizing that they have to work a little bit harder now to get people to come <laughs> to their events. Uh, one of the ones that I actually, uh, you know, am, uh, like is that they're actually uh, in doing a lot more to encourage people to share their content beyond the conference. I know before that was kind of like a almost like a faux pas for some conferences, but now I, you know what I've been seeing lately is just like oh no no please take, take we've got actually got photos for you to use if you, mm -hmm. you don't want to take your own right like just go to this site or download you know go to this QR code and you can get previews of the slide that you can share right online or write them in your articles or you know take them back to your team. A lot of organizers are doing those kinds of things. And I think that's great uh, to improve the value of the conferences that people are going to. Yeah, it's interesting to think about the evolution of conferences. And I would actually say that I'm pretty shocked by how little they've mm. changed the conferences this this fall season, right? I mean, it, I would have thought we'd see much more dramatic changes. And the only place we've kind of seen some changes is a little bit like embracing the virtual a little bit more although we're seeing a lot of the conferences really doing a virtual event well after the conference because they realize they can't create a great virtual conference experience and so then it kind of creates a haves and haves nots those that are present those that aren't and so they're actually taking the recordings from the conference and doing a virtual event after so i think that that that, that might be the closest thing to something interesting I, you know we see a few other things as far as buyer programs or you know formats that they do we see, we see a couple of those uh, you know i've seen some embrace our unconference one that we've done at hitmic for so long and you know we stole from the unconference uh, world as well right so i mean i think some of those you're getting some formats that way but it'll be interesting to see you know who's going to really push the envelope as far as what what they're doing or maybe they don't need to right maybe the the bread and butter is just having the right thousand people 10,000 people whatever it is in the right place and the magic happens on its own and so the rest doesn't matter so much if you have the right community yeah, it's true. I don't think anyone's come up with a revolutionary new conference format. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I you know think the closest would be some of the ones that are doing the, you know the one on one. Even that's not that new, but you know the one on one style speed dating types of events. I think mm -hmm. people are now maybe looking to those kinds of events to saying, hey, why not give that a chance? Since the other one maybe not, you know, the classic conference may not be doing it for me anymore. But you're right. I mean, it's 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 all this. It's it's a lot of the same stuff, right? The same style of formats. Uh, you know, where it's a lecture or a small panel. Uh, you know, I mean, we gotta be honest though. When you when you're doing in-person conferences, you know, there's not a lot of uh, innovation that you can do. Uh, at least in terms of like, if you were planning this a year ago, right in the middle of COVID, yeah. right? Um, you're kind of stuck with the speakers and these sessions that you chose. But uh, but I, th I think there is some movement. I have to say, you know, again, like you mentioned one where they're doing a virtual conference a few days later or a few months later, where they're taking the best of the in-person and, and doing it there. I think that's an evolution because yeah, they learned that doing one simultaneous to the in-person conference just doesn't work. Um, I think they, they've also done a better job at trying to engage uh, people while they're there at the conference. The apps have just gotten that much better, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to connect with someone who's got a similar interest to you, the apps can actually help with that now, right? Uh, whereas before it was like all manual searching. Uh, but now there's a lot of things that they're trying to do with proximity and other things. I think that's kind of interesting mm -hmm. as well. 
Yeah. I mean, it's such a hard problem to solve, right? Because at the end of the day, it's really about matchmaking and making sure the right matches are done. And doing that at scale is, is a really challenging problem. And, and you, of course, you have the people that everyone wants. <laughs> and those people don't want to be connected to anyone. <laughs> you know? or, or at least they, they have a, a certain bandwidth that's allowed. So, yeah, it's a really hard problem to solve. And to your point, how many formats are there, right? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, if you're listening or watching this, hopefully you will meet up with John or I at one of the conferences coming up this fall in 2022. And thanks to all of you who tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hong, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.